TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Seems like a lot happens every time we leave on Friday, come back on Monday, a weekend. Uh, we got to kind of catch up a little bit, but a uh, three-day weekend with Labor Day off. Uh, you could even put an exclamation mark next to that. Lots of sports action to talk about. Busy, busy sports weekend from a White Sox sweep. Bring out the broom to college football. Opening weekend to a few uh, releases and pickups in the world of NFL football. The Ryder Cup team being named, and also we will break down for about 22 seconds United States' exciting victory over Angola yesterday in the FIBA basketball tournament. Lots to catch up on, folks. Welcome to Two Guys in a Mic, TalkZone.com. David Olson, our producer, I'm the coach, John Cohn. And on the other line, uh, not in studio with us, but he is co-hosting the show at his uh, fine commode or fine home, one of the two. Out in beautiful Aurora, Illinois, it's the big dog, Joel Radwanski. Big dog, how are you? Uh, doing really well, and I've already been to the commode, so I don't have to be there right now doing show coach. So you will not, uh, we will not hear the colonial in the background. No, no, no. No reason for that, coach. Remember on our other radio show, we used to have uh, the colonial shows from the colonial. We had uh, 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 sound effects and the whole bit. It was a beautiful thing. It almost made you want to do the entire show from there. Uh, they have a very spacious commode over in the other place. Yes, Yes, sounded pretty good. Actually, it sounded better than when we actually do the show in uh, studio. But big dog, great to talk to you. I'm assuming you had a uh, enjoyable Labor Day weekend. You didn't get in any trouble, I hope. Oh, absolutely not, Coach. Excuse me. That that was the sad thing was I didn't get in any trouble mm-hmm. over the weekend. So. Oh, so maybe it wasn't that enjoyable of a weekend. No, no. Uh, basically, all I did was uh, uh, work a little bit, mm-hmm. not make that much money, and then. Uh, and uh, watch college football constantly, and it was it was a good weekend. Yeah, I did a back-to-back-to-back uh, to back to back on Saturday. I got all the errands out of the way, did all the running around in the morning, got a little workout in in the morning, and about, uh, you know me, a big dog via the tape machine, of course. Probably around 2.30, 3 o'clock, I caught up with the Illinois game, which started at 11.30. I went back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, three consecutive games, Illinois, Notre Dame-Purdue, Northwestern-Vanderbilt, uh, eight hours of college football viewing. I was a happy man, my friend. Oh, that had that would have been awesome, coach. Yes, it now, was. I, I, luckily, uh, you know, I, I decided just to go in late, so I watched the Illinois game, uh, but uh, and then I watched the the Northwestern game on tape. But I didn't go all the way through with it, and then uh, but I watched the end of the North Carolina LSU game and yes. wanted to end that was oh my goodness. So. Yeah, it, uh, I would have loved to watch that game as well, but you know, doing the back to back to back and only watch. I'm not one of those guys who switches around from game to game, but that was maybe the game of the weekend. North Carolina led early. LSU came back. That apparently the Tar Heels had what two chances to win it late in the game. Yes, and and to be honest with you, coach, they should have won. Mm-hmm. Uh, a young man dropped the ball late in the game that would have Oof. would have given the win to North Carolina if they would have made the extra point, which I'm assuming they would have. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would end up being without a doubt one of the games of the weekend if that happened. So. 
Well, and a lot of people, uh, including yourself, were picking the North Carolina team to pull off the upset, not a major upset, but a minor upset over LSU. It would have been a major upset considering that 15 players were missing because of suspension. Okay. And nine of their 11 defensive starters were, were missing. Wow. So, yeah, I would say that would have been a major upset. Yeah, I forgot about that part. I, and I, I read over the weekend, too, that the uh, one of the coaches, apparently, maybe he's taken a hit for the rest of the coaches, but one of the North Carolina coaches who was part of his job responsibility was the academic advising uh, and, and keeping, you know, code violations, et cetera. He has resigned. So, apparently, at least someone took the fall for all the mess. Okay, well, you know, a lot of times that'll happen. Some guy will take the bullet, even though mm-hmm. somebody else did. All the, I wonder if he got like some type of cash buyout, coach. Possible, possible. Based on the ratings of our show, Big Doug, somebody might have to take the fall for this show. And uh, there's only three of us. It's yourself, me, and we like to include David Olson in the, uh, you know, in the in the shagangs too. But uh, so of the three, one of us may, in the very near future, may have to take a fall. Are you willing to do so? Well, I'll be more than willing, Coach. Please, I'll fall on the sword. You don't have to be that excited about taking the fall. You could at least feign like you're disappointed. Well, that wouldn't be any fun, now, would it? I might as well just go, on, go gusto. Go do, do, on, be happy. Be positive. Proud of Whatever you do. Despite our uh, sinking ratings, well, our increasing ratings, but they, you know, they started off low. We just need to keep pushing them higher and higher. I'm very proud of this show, and I'm proud of you in particular. Big Day, you're doing a hell of a job. Seriously. I appreciate it, Coach. Absolutely. Boise State knocked off um, knocked off Von Tech yesterday in another one of the uh, great games of the weekend, Monday night college football. you got to love it. I only watched the fourth quarter of that game, but Boise State, uh, a national champion contender, and Big Dog came down to the final drive. Great suspense on Monday night. I watched every snap of that particular ball game last night, Coach, and uh, it was the latest game of the century. Yes. was the best way to describe that one, and uh, <laughs> very rarely – those games live up to what they're supposed to be, and it absolutely did. And, and you, the best way for me to describe it is typically when Boise State is playing somebody, and if they win, you say, oh, it was great coaching, and they tricked people, and you know they played a perfect ball game, and then the little guy got it done. That wasn't it. Boise State has just as good athletes out on the field as Virginia Tech did. It was just two really good college football teams going at it. It wasn't the little guy. You know, Dave versus Goliath, and one team played perfect, and all that other stuff. It, it, it wasn't like that at all. It was just two. It was just a regular football game with great athletes and great coaching, and it was, it was two equal teams out there on the field. It was awesome. Well put, indeed. Well put. College football is certainly one of our main topics on our show today, and uh, we invite you, the listener out there, you watch some sports action over the weekend, be it college football or the baseball division races, which uh, at least some of them did heat up extensively. Yeah, they, Over have. The, they uh, have. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we had got a little argument about three weeks ago. Well, things have tightened up yes. dramatically in a couple of races since then. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's really good. A 10-game losing streak by a team eight games out in front will do that for you. 888 <laughs> yes. You want to join us? We'd love to hear from you. Again, 888 Dial it up. We'll talk some sports with you. we got the big dog on the line. And, again, we're opening up with college football. Uh, how sweet it is, the opening of the college football season. Pretty good week one. I know you talked about big dog this upcoming week. Uh, you talked about maybe week two going to be one of the best weeks of college football viewing the entire season, right? No, I, that's not what I said, Coach. Well, what you said, said in recent was, memory, yeah. 
I said, I can never, ever, I can't recall a better non-conference weekend of matchups ever. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean this. And, you know, I, I mean, you can go on and on. You can start to, the typical ones that if you're a, a diehard college football fan, you would love. If you get where somebody just get involved, you'd be like, oh, this seems okay. Like, you know, like Air Force, BYU. That's a great matchup. California, Colorado, like a, a team moving out the the Pac-10, and most other people are like, what's the big deal? But, you know, that, that's a good matchup. And then all of a sudden, there's a bunch of other ones, like, on that level. And then all of a sudden, you get into Oklahoma hosting Florida State, Woo. Michigan, Notre Dame, Alabama going down to Tuscaloosa and taking on the defending champs, Penn State. Oh, oh, I, I do believe that Ohio State goes to Miami this weekend. I mean, those four games right there, I mean, that's that's just, it's just phenomenal. And there's legitimately ten other games that have, like, really good implications and a real, real, real good football game this weekend. So if you have any social activities planned for uh, Saturday, you got to, what, about six days' notice now, five days' notice. You might want to cancel some of those activities and uh, spend a little time watching college football this Saturday. If you got a significant other, you know, take her for a long yep. walk on Saturday. Yep. Maybe a romantic dinner. Do something special. Do something so you can wake up on Saturday mm-hmm. and she just leaves you alone and lets yeah. you watch football all day long. Or let him leave you alone. Let her <laughs> let her be extremely significant on Friday. On Saturday, she will, she or he will be slightly less than your significant other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll preview those games certainly as the week comes up. But let's review uh, the week one of college football. Some pretty good games, Big Dog. First of all, we talked about the border war, the fighting Illini, taking on Missouri. Five consecutive losses. Could they break the streak before the non-conference game ends? The answer was no. They looked good in the first half at our beloved Navy and Orange. The second half, they laid the golden egg. Actually, it wasn't so golden. It was like a muddy brown. And I don't think right. it was. I don't think it was an egg. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the same size and shape, though. Right. Uh, yeah, coach. I really hate to say this. You know, I I, I I like to expect more out of my teams, but in some weird way, yeah. As a diehard Illinois fan, I'm just happy that the team isn't horrible because they actually look like a pretty decent football team, at least for a lot of the game. Mm-hmm. I know you got to do it for 60 minutes, and maybe hopefully that doesn't end up being a trend this year, but. They look like they can actually win some games this year. A lot more games than I thought they were going to be capable of winning as the when this before the season started. Defense very very solid. They tackled. You could tell they actually hit and they tackled at practice. Lovey Smith, Chicago Bears take note. Very impressive for the most part. Defensive effort. The running game is pretty good. Mikel Lashore, number five, I believe, a legit running back. Jason Ford, not bad as a number two combo. The problem. The problem with Illinois and Big Dog, and I know talking to you, absolutely wrong. I know talking to you off air, we disagree. But the problem is they got zero, zero passing game. They cannot complete a pass down the field. The redshirt freshman Nathan Nathan Shieldhouse, maybe he'll be good down the road. The bottom line is they could not complete a pass beyond ten yards, and at some point the other team packs it in, stops the run. You got no chance. That's what happened to Illinois. Now, the, the completing passes down the field is going to come to this team. Watch. The kid is, he makes good decisions. Oh. It was an awesome ball. Oh. Uh, the, the Okay, I, I have to admit the passing game wasn't all that great and it needs to improve. That I, I can understand, but it wasn't the quarterback's fault, Coach. Well, I completely yeah, I disagree. It was all on Faison, the quarterback. Faison dropped two passes. The tight end dropped the pass. Both of those were down I, the field. I, okay. that's you're, The kid 
this is the best quarterback that Illinois has had definitely mm-hmm. since Kittner, and the kid's going to be a lot better than Kittner. I, I mean, saw an athlete who can run the football, but I saw no presence back in the pocket. I saw his – you mentioned his good decision-making. I thought it was brutal decision-making. No presence as far as dropping back and hitting receivers. I hope I'm proven wrong. No, but, yeah, uh, you, I, you, I, no I, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. Wow. In the first half, the kid played so well, I was, I was awestruck, to be quite honest with you. But really but they didn't. Com- but but having said that, no passes completed beyond ten yards. So you can't tell me he's a great quarterback when zero, zero passes beyond ten yards. Considering that the the kid was making his first ever college start okay. as a freshman. Yes. Uh, considering that they don't have any type of weapons, their offensive line is brutal. And every time he dropped back, there was a guy in his face, and somehow he mm-hmm. was able to elude a rush and and, and uh, made a bunch of plays. I would have to say that the, actually Illinois has a quarterback for the first time. You and me watch different games. You watch the game live, so either something's wrong with your eyes or I watch the game on tape. Maybe something's wrong with my tape machine, but we definitely watch different games. I didn't see receivers dropping balls, and I thought the offensive line, not great, but I thought they protected pretty decent. Shieldhouse had time. He just threw to the wrong guy each and every time. Uh, he definitely was not throwing to the wrong guy each and every time, Coach. You were not you were not celebrating Bloody Morning Saturday again, were you? Uh, I, no, Bloody Mary Morning Saturday. No, I wasn't. I wasn't uh, drinking this weekend. You sure? Yeah, okay. and I, I, I can't believe. I mean, the kid's a freshman. I can't believe you couldn't tell that the kid could actually play. Legitimately, I, I'm I'm so happy that Illinois has a quarterback for the first time after yeah. four years of freaking Juice Williams. All right, you know I mean the Shieldhouse kick is good. Normally, the two of us kind of had the same, you know, pretty good similar instincts on college football players in this particular instance. And again, I hope that I am proven wrong. I did not get that impression. I to me, Illinois right now is a team, pretty good team without a legit quarterback. Uh, to me, they're an average team that finally okay. has found uh, they have a quarterback in the future. Okay. I'm, I'm 100% positive that they actually have their quarterback for the All next right. four years. All right. Missouri knocks off Illinois 23-13. The border war, six consecutive wins for Missouri. If it was a war, they'd shoot it and they'd stop the fight, Big Dog. Well, they did. <laughs> it, yeah, they're not going to be playing for a while. So. so they took care of that. Yeah, they did. They, so didn't really, they didn't really shoot the dog. They just sent the dog out the side door and said, get out of here. We don't want to see you anymore. Well, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, uh, it's uh, kind of like a, the, the same thing in, in basketball. Is somehow, you know, the game is always closed, but Illinois always wins. Mm-hmm. Kind of the, the same in football. The game is usually really, really good besides last year when it was an absolute shellacking. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the game is normally pretty good. And then Missouri, the last 20 minutes of the game is absolutely Put the pounding on them, so it's. I, I don't understand it. Missouri shouldn't be better than Illinois in football, but they doubt. They definitely are. It yeah. happens every year. So All right. moving right along, Notre Dame. So much hype regarding the uh, beginning of the career, the coaching career of Brian Kelly, highly successful at all of his other stops, and uh, many people think he'll be the next great Notre Dame coach. They did win their opening game, twenty-three twelve over Purdue. Big dog, pretty impressive performance. They weren't great, but they were good enough. I'm not sure if you caught this game, but. Uh, the Irish, uh, it was a big win because Purdue's a decent team. Oh, yeah, Purdue's a, uh, you know, uh, they're probably better than we think they are. They were not good at all last year, but this, this uh, they do have a lot of talent. They got a nice quarterback over there. Now, he, you know, he played all right, but they were, of course, they were dinking and dunking. But in Notre Dame, having a new offense, Brian Kelly not having his, his uh, team. And the one thing that I really liked is, 
they seemed ready to play. And they were happy to be playing for Notre Dame, but they played with yep. some passion, which is what they were lacking under Charlie Weiss. It seemed mm-hmm. like they would just throw their jockstraps out on the field and shrug the shoulders whenever they were playing football, which mm-hmm. usually isn't going to get you any Ws. And it's interesting, too, and I don't know who the uh, new defensive coordinator is. I should have his name, but a defense that was a shambles the past couple of years, Big Doug, they were really good. Flying around to the football, hitting people, solid, solid defensive effort. And then the other surprising thing was, you know, Brian Kelly's offense is at Cincinnati and where was he before? Eastern? Central Michigan. Okay. You know, uh, known for throwing the ball downfield, explosive offense, creative. Stayed very close to the vest and it was the running game for Notre Dame, not the passing game. So I was surprised they were successful, but I was surprised that it was a fairly conservative offense. Well, you got Armando Allen. Yep. You know, that's, you got to take advantage of that. And Purdue was, isn't exactly the best team up front. So, it's, you know, if I'm game planning against Purdue, I'm going to run it at them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's as simple as that. And, you know, just because you run the spread doesn't mean you're throwing it down the field all the time. They do a lot of dinking and dunking, too. They they it's, they throw the ball a lot, but it, it is. I mean, they did throw it down the field last year when they had uh, mm-hmm. Gilliard, Marty Gilliard, but uh, it's a little different now. They don't have the. At Cincinnati compared to Notre Dame, they have Malcolm Floyd and or Michael Floyd. They they probably will try to get him the ball down Oof. the field, but they will against other teams. Coach Michael Floyd only caught a couple of passes, but he blocked something he never did with Charlie Weiss. He actually blocked, opened up a lot of runs, and it's a one-two combo for Notre Dame's running game. And again, college football fans and D fans, you want to check in, talk with the coach and the big dog in the opening week of college football. Eight 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 four six three six seven. Four eighth, they got the veteran Armando Allen, but it was the breakout game for I believe he's a true freshman. Sierra Woods averaged about seven yards per carry. I think he was number twenty. Big Doug impact player for Notre Dame. He is lightning quick. No, I, I didn't even know there were any uh, trees out in the Sahara Desert. So that's uh, the fact that he's called Sahara Woods. That, that's kind of strange, <laughs> isn't it, Coach? Oh, Could be like red. You know what I mean, or I don't know. Yes, combining two of our great natural resources, the Sierra Desert and the uh, the Great Redwood Forest, which, of course, you have visited. But, uh, yes, yeah, so maybe he's named after that, the Sierra Woods. Could be a nice name for a movie. Brian Kelly starring in the remake of Sierra Woods. Ah, very nice. The remake? The, well, you know, close enough. <laughs> Close enough. Notre Dame knocks off Purdue 23-12. Next week, by the way, I will be tuning in. I'm not sure what time it is. I'll set the tape machine for sure. The Michigan Wolverines and a star hath been born. Brand new quarterback, Denard Robinson. For Michigan, they take on Notre Dame. That's going to be a heck of a round two game, huh? You know, it's it's truly amazing how uh, that kid's shoelace, Denard, Jackson, uh, Denard Robinson, has uh, improved because last year, two freshman quarterbacks, and there was no doubt Tate Forcier was better than Denard Robinson last year. I mean, there was no question. Yep. And then all of a sudden, you know, this kid really learned how to get rid of the football and, and where it should be going. And, and I know it's only one football game, but 19 of 22 for 187 yards passing and 197 yards rushing in a football game. Are you kidding me for a quarterback? So, uh, yeah, I think he might have a grasp of the spread yeah. offense right now, Coach. Yeah, I think the Michigan fans, the Michigan team, the coaching staff insulted. Nothing against Connecticut because UConn's a pretty good football team, but it's still Michigan. And they were at home. We talked about this with uh, Brian Bauer during Football Friday who made the pick. 
in Beat the Schmoes. And we'll talk about Beat the Schmoes and our rather uh, uh, glittering results after our first break. But two-point favorite at home. Two points. Michigan goes out and puts a 20-point spanking on UConn, Big Doe. You could almost see that coming. Well, I don't know what they should be insulted by because it's the betting public. You know what? The, it's that's their that's their image uh, recently is to shoot themselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's like if you're going to be upset at anybody about only being a two point favorite against a really good Connecticut team, then uh, maybe you should play better. That's well, exactly what they did. Yeah. By the they, way, that was the largest crowd ever in the history of collegiate football. Really? Yes, one hundred and thirteen thousand. Still, it was still twenty four thousand short of. Uh, of uh, the football game that was held, a uh, high school football game here in the city of Chicago that back in 19, uh, what, 20 or 37 or something like that, where I'm... it was 137,000 people at Soldier Field. Okay. For a high school, high school game. Yeah. Yeah. But that was, uh, the largest collegiate football wow. attended game ever. So. so, so the big house has, uh, gotten a little bit bigger. They've added some seats. Yes, it has. The Dow. Tennessee is thinking about actually expanding their particular stadium, so they're trying to get up to 118,000. Supposedly mm-hmm. is what they're trying to do at Tennessee. We'll see what happens. A little battle of one-upsmanship. Tennessee better get their football team righted before they add those seats, though. Otherwise, they could instead of having 70,000 empty seats, they might have 74,000. Well, I don't know if anybody they'll still sell out down there at Tennessee, coach. Think so? They'll go there just to throw garbage at the new coach, uh, David Dooley. They'll be rumbling, stumbling, bumbling down in the Southeast Conference with the Tennessee Volunteer. There is something special about Southeast football. They, those fans down there, we talked about it before, Big Dog. We're, we're big fans up here in the Midwest, but there's a slightly different level, almost unhealthy level, that they take their passion from LSU to Tennessee to Florida. Southeast football, the, the passion is maybe just a little speedometer, a couple, couple points up from our, where we are in the Midwest. Georgia, LSU, yep. Mississippi, Mississippi State, all of them. Every single fan base in the Southeastern Conference, South, Southeastern Conference is absolutely rabid, except for Vanderbilt and, and Kentucky when it comes to their football. Mm-hmm. And they're still big fan bases, and they're still rabid, but you know what I mean? It's, it's The other ten are ridiculous. You go to a South Carolina game, I mean, people waving the, the rebel flag and just acting <laughs> idiotic and no matter where you go over there and, and even in Vanderbilt and even at Kentucky, they sell out. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's just not like the other ones, yeah. but 10 crazy, crazy fan bases. You know, we here in the Midwest think, you know, uh, we you know, tailgate like two, three hours before the game and we're big loyal fans and tailgating is a great tradition, but down in the South, they start camping out like two or three days, not hours, but two or three days. Before the game, they take it that serious. If you got a trailer and you're parked in a football stadium parking lot in the fall in the southeast, Big Dog, you are one lucky individual. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you you got some cash. And as, as a matter of fact, there's a place at Tennessee like Campers Row or something like that mm-hmm. where they get there on the Monday. I'm not kidding. Tennessee has a certain section where guys get there as early as Monday, <laughs> Coach. These people actually work? I, I, how could you? I mean, I've, I've always asked, what do they do? Like, one of, one of my buddies who's saying, oh, they do that at Auburn, too. And I'm like, well, what are those guys doing? He's like, there's, there's mm-hmm. people that are rich and have money in the South. I'm like, I'm not doubting you. Maybe that's a vacation week for them. You never know. Yeah, well, they play six home yeah. games. All right. Now, you're a guy who, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's true. It's a lot of vacation time. Now, you're a guy that, uh, you know, living in the abode out in beautiful Aurora, but still trying to work on the finances, et cetera. Have you ever considered... 
selling the house and going house trailer, going motor motorhome. No, I'm a, I'm a motorhome is a little different. Definitely not house trailer because uh, mm-hmm. the the trailer homes. I'm I'm afraid of tornadoes, coach. Those things, I don't know okay. what they put in to attract tornadoes, but mm-hmm. I definitely don't want to be around one when they actually hit. Because right. I, I could actually see you in the mobile home, you know, moving from location to location. be great for your uh, sports talk personality. You could move around almost like, well, you know, John Madden had his own, what do they call it, the Madden Mobile? Madden Cruiser. Yeah, and the guy from ESP was it Chris Mortensen, who travels around to all the NFL teams and those things? I think you could... For the TalkZone.com, maybe Chris Whitting, our general manager, would throw in a few bucks for you. But I kind of like the look of you in a mobile home cruising around the different spots. Hey, Coach, I, I actually, believe it or not, I would love to take like a, uh, a couple-month trip around the country actually doing something like that, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. I, I, I may not, usually I'm not exactly 100% uh, serious on this show. But, yes, believe it or not, <laughs> I, as long as it's only like me, but if I'm, like, with five or six other people, I don't know if I can actually handle that. But if it was only me, mm-hmm. I think I could deal. I'd have to have somebody else driving, though. Yeah, we'd have to have a driver and probably uh-huh. an executive assistant, hopefully somewhat of a male variety, uh, working with you. Yeah, and we we can't have anybody named, like, you know, V-Tron driving the, the – <laughs> I don't know anybody like that driving. <laughs> Maybe it's, like, for entertainment for me. That would be very uh, good. Uh, we'll work on that. It's a possibility. Now, first got to sell your house in Aurora, though. we got to come up with some funds. Okay. Well, I have uh, I have four other people who live here, so mm-hmm. well, I don't know if we can actually do that. To be well, honest, maybe just have them pitch in; they could collectively buy the house, and then you're all set. You solved, just killed two problems with one stone. Well, if I sold this house, I would still owe a mortgage company about 120 grand. Though that would yeah. be an issue. Not a problem. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. You mentioned Vanderbilt. Nice transition. Want to get into uh, Northwestern against Vanderbilt? Northwestern wins. Their opening game, 17-15. to 15. They beat Vanderbilt. Pretty, uh, I'm not going to say a well-played game, but a pretty exciting game right down to the wire. Referees call help Northwestern. But one way or another, big dog, the Wildcats pull out an opening victory. It was a big one for Pat Fitzgerald and company. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, they beat an SEC team. you got to mm-hmm. be happy. I, I like the fact that... Uh, On the that, road. That, yeah, heck yeah, Coach. Northwestern is playing Vanderbilt. I mean, Northwestern is kind of like... Or Vanderbilt is kind of like the Northwestern of the SEC conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like these two brainy schools getting together. And anytime, anytime the the Big Ten can beat the SEC, I'm I'm really happy about it. I, it trust me, I, I'm a, I agree with you 100. percent And I watch more SEC football than I probably do Big Ten football. Uh, even though I'm a diehard Big Ten fan, but I, I do. I do like because uh, people rip the Big Ten way too much, and I do think they're back. They're playing better football. I, I like the fact that they got a win down there in the SEC, Coach. Mm-hmm. Northwestern, uh, similar to Illinois, their defense looked very, very good. Replaced a lot of players from last year, but guys stepping in. That's the sign, by the way, of a good program. Not just one and done, not just a couple of years, but all of a sudden you're getting new guys stepping in and making an impact. I'm starting to see that with Northwestern. That's an extremely good sign. You could say the same thing about the quarterback position, Big Doe. They've got uh, you know, a couple of quarterbacks that have gone on to the NFL out of their spread offense. Brett Bassanet, following him was Mike Kafka. A young kid stepped in for his first true start. I know he filled in a little bit last year. But Dan Persha, Jr., he looked like the real deal. Something similar to Denard Robinson statistics. You know, 18 for 22. Gained over 100 yards on the ground. He was very impressive. Unfortunately, the rest of Northwestern's running backs, I think, were collectively about 1.5 for an average. 
Yeah, you know what? It's funny. They had uh, Tyrell Sutton all those years. He never really lived up to expectations because he was always hurt. Yep. But just the threat of Tyrell Sutton helped their running game and, and helped the whole overall offense. And uh, they're going to miss him, so they they are going to need somebody to set up the step, step mm-hmm. up. They're going to need a power guy, too. Some guy when it's third and one and a half that they can just hand the ball to and get it. They don't have anybody like that. And you don't want to always depend on who, by the way, might be the second-best running He is the second-best running quarterback in the Big Ten and maybe one of the top five in the country mm-hmm. at Northwestern. I'm not kidding you. That kid, last year, by, I, I was just blown away by watching that kid's feet and watching him run with the football. So mm-hmm. you don't you don't want to have to count on your quarterback running or having to pass all the time when it's third and short. So they, they need to find somebody like that to move the chains. Yeah, and having said those wonderful things about his running, you ready for his passing stats? 19 for 21. Now, you just talked about him being a great runner, and he appears to be. But yeah, here's he a kid a who can runner. he can run like that. 19 for 21 and three touchdown passes. I think Northwestern has found themselves a quarterback for the next two years. Yes, yes, they, they're going to be all right at the quarterback position for a while. Mm-hmm. All right, college football, we'll get to some baseball races as well as some other news and notes over the weekend. Big Dog, I know you have a couple of our 22 or 23 hard seconds to uh, break down the United States victory over Angola. It was probably an emotional moment for you. I don't know if you can talk about the victory over Angola. Yeah, considering that they basically doubled up the score for the first three quarters. Believe it or not, I, I was... Uh, Able to watch a lot of that game uh, the other day. So it was, mm-hmm. was it yesterday? Yes. Yeah, it was yesterday. It started at 10 o'clock in the morning. You gotta love that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, before one of my friends came out, took me out. It was, it was pretty nice. But yeah, it was, uh, you know what I love to see is, you know what they need to, they don't even have to get the most talented 12 players. Just get 12. NBA players that really, really want to go. And mm-hmm. when you see the, the, the energy that those guys have coming off the bench, uh, and, and when they play defense, they're mm-hmm. unbeatable, Coach. They That's are right. unbeatable if the U.S. team plays defense. Well, when, well, when to play, you, you nailed it right there. If you get some NBA players, not necessarily the stars, but if they're willing to play hard, they're willing to play defense and share the ball a little bit, they can still yeah. beat any other country out there. Yeah, and whether they're the fifth or sixth best, because legitimately 90% of all the players on these national teams are, the, are supposed to be there, and they're like, you know what I mean? They're yep. playing there. Yep. Let's, let's be honest. This is not the best U.S. team that you can put out there. Besides uh, Kevin Durant and Derrick Rose, well, I don't know. I, the, the, Michael Westbrook probably belongs there, too, to be honest with you. But, you know, there's no LeBron. There's no uh, Kobe. Uh, uh, there's no Kevin Garnett. You know what I mean? So it's. Maybe it's not the elite team, but mm-hmm. if, you know, if you play basketball the right way, the the U.S. team could go their 10th best players, to be quite honest with you, and still win the tournament, Coach. 1 o'clock today, by the way, not the U.S., but a pretty good game. If you get NBA TV, you might want to uh, check this one out. Argentina against Brazil. We're in the uh, quarterfinals, the round of eight of the FIBA basketball tournament. Argentina against Brazil, big dog. That might be uh, one of the better games of the entire tournament. No U.S. team, but I think it'll be very uh, intriguing basketball matchup. That will be an intriguing bas- uh, basketball matchup, and you know, at, at noon on a Tuesday, if, if you're not working today, then you're a diehard sports fan. That probably would be the best thing for you to be watching. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was funny yesterday. So they, well, I'm watching the Angola game. You know, they they put the scores up of what happened earlier in the day yesterday. 
Yep. And they just brushed over it. They were like, yeah, Serbia beat Croatia 73-72, and they go on to the next thing. First of all, Serbia and Croatia typically play really, really solid basketball. Yep. And those two might be the bloodiest, I mean bloodiest enemies on the planet. They were in a war against each other for 20 years. Well, excuse me, that's like 20 years, 2,000 years. And it was a 73-72 game. Uh, Fran Fraschilla needed to expound a little bit about the fact that, I mean, they... I mean, that's like Palestine and Israel playing each other in a basketball game and having to be 73-72. They needed mm-hmm. to expound on that yeah. a little more. Yeah, I read. I did not see that game, but I read in the paper that it was a classic. Who won? Serbia? Serbia won by one. Wow. So we have a lot of our Croatian listeners listening on uh, www.talkzone.com that are not particularly happy today. But at least they can, they can take solace in the fact Northwestern won. I heard Northwestern uh, football fairly big. In the country of Croatia. Yeah, you believe it or not, because they're really big on the purple cat. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, uh, we'll take a quick break, big dog. Hang in there. We'll talk some more college football, get to the baseball races as well. Phone lines are open, 888-463-6748. David Olson, our producer today, a man who watched absolutely zero college football, and I personally take that as a uh, character of front. Back in a minute, TalkZone.com. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888-GO-FOR-IT once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com now big dog i got on our producer a little bit right before the break chagrin that he watched uh, very little college football this weekend but david a graduate of columbia school of broadcasting right a collegiate institution that had no football team columbia college Columbia School of Broadcasting, I think, is defunct. Really? Pretty sure it is, yeah. I've recommended like four or five of our young interns or young kids have come in to go to Columbia School of Broadcasting. You're telling me I've sent them to a defunct college? Pretty sure. And it, it wasn't like an that? actual college. So How do you like that, Big Dill? That no, explains... No wonder they wanted the check signed to them personally, Coach. <laughs> well, it's nice to know I'm helping out the youth of America, right? Always. Yeah. Give them an opportunity to go on air and then recommend they go to a school that closed 10 years ago. Well, they were on air in terms of being high. <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs> Take, but but sure. you can't blame David if he's not a big college football fan. His school didn't have any college football, so somewhat understandable. Right? And regular Columbia, I mean, you can probably argue that they don't really even mm-hmm. have football. All right, now let me throw a quandary out. Over the weekend, I... Uh, was talking to young college kid, let's call him Wilmette Bryant, big dog. 
very quickly before we get to the baseball races. Okay. Wilma Bryan, a baseball pitcher, okay, who is being recruited by uh, two Eastern schools, Division One, lower level Division One, Lehigh and Bucknell. Okay. Very, very good schools. Very, very good schools. Uh, smaller schools. Good mm-hmm. academically. He struggles in academics a little bit, but a chance to pitch at Division One baseball, which I'm not going to say has been a, just a total ultimate dream of his, but it's certainly been one of the dreams. Now, one of his other dreams, when he pictures going to college, from a social standpoint, not academic, is to go to a big university with the spirit and all the different clubs and fraternities and organizations, the big football games, the big basketball games. You know what I'm talking about, the big campus, and truly get that environment. The other schools, much smaller, farther away from big cities, do not have that environment. Do you, Victor? What would you suggest to Wilmette Bryan? Do you take the dream and pitch college baseball and go to the smaller school and probably do better academically? Or or might the baseball pitching phase out? There's no major league career. There's no career after college. Are we overrating it? Should he go to a university where he's going to get a much better social experience and a full-fledged four-year college experience? You know what? You'd be surprised at how much spirit there is on a small campus, Coach. Okay. And you only get to play baseball for so long. So for me, it would be it would be following my sport. And you know what? I don't. I didn't know Lehigh was in the middle of nowhere. I thought that was pretty close to Philadelphia, isn't it? Possibly. I mean, then again, what are you going to do in Philadelphia besides get mugged after you eat a chili, uh, I mean, a, a Philly cheesesteak? Yeah, which, I mean. which is not a bad, if you got a slow weekend, getting mugged after eating a Philly cheesesteak is, uh, it's not the worst possible way to spend a weekend. It really depends on who's mugging you, coach. Well, it depends. What happened. It depends on what Philly cheesesteak you ate first. Yes, yeah, so that is a good point because sometimes you can have uh, ammunition against that particular person. <laughs> but I. I uh, to be quite honest with you, you could, when you get out of college, you can go move to Lincoln Park or you can mm-hmm. live almost a college social life anyways when okay. you get out. You only All get right. to play baseball for so long. And, and you know what? You get a, a Bucknell or a, if you get a Bucknell education, you can pretty much name the place that you're going to work afterwards. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've got to go with uh, playing baseball. David, David I, that's outstanding advice from Big Dog. Gave some logics from both sides. I think that you're exactly right. The small schools can have spirit. I like the way you you thought things out there. That was very, very, I'm sure Wilmot Bryan, who I'm hopefully is not listening to the program, hope he's in school right now, but, of course, via the archives, you can hear any one of our shows at the uh, www.twoguysmike.com website. I'm sure he'll check that out and get that advice. You know, beyond sports talk, you could... You can have a career, big dog, in, in giving out advice, sports and or otherwise, to youngsters out there. Well, I, I'll be more than happy to, Coach. That uh, was that was very well done, Doctor Laura. What is it, Doctor Laura is uh, leaving her position, right? So there's a spot open on national radio. I don't, and, uh, we, don't you have to be like a doctor to give out advice, uh, like uh, over well, the air, or else I can get sued or something like that. Eh. In case something goes wrong, and I'm sure eventually she isn't you know, a real doctor. Dollars a number. What's up? She isn't a real doctor. She isn't a real doctor. See no. That? What about Dr. Phil? No, I, I have I to check on that. I, I think he is. Uh-huh. But the bottom but, line but is... But maybe Dr. Laura is a doctor, but she's not like a... She's not a psychiatrist or a psychologist. Mm-hmm. I think her doctorate is in something else. A horticulture. So it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't even have to call you a doctor, but I think you could, you could, you know, a little 
question and answer talk show. People call up, you give out the answers. I think it could be your next career move. You know, Coach, why don't we start it? Why don't we just turn this into an advice show, Coach? I've thought about that. Believe me. Yeah, because I could just see people coming up. They'd be like, Joe, who should I really have? I'm up against it. I don't have any money, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Who should I take this week against the spread in order to make a quick $500? (laughs) I'd be like, hey, you want to take the points because this is a favorite betting public. So if you take the points, you're more likely actually on a team that Vegas wants Uh people not to bet on. So blah, blah, blah. And to turn it out, next thing you know, I'm handing them some underdog Mm -hmm. that's uh, a 27-point underdog and it's going to make it a close game. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you what. Until you get your own show, and, you know, Dr. Laura is leaving, we're going to throw your name in the hat for a possible replacement. I'll tell you what we'll do. Why don't you send in my resume and actually talk to somebody and try to get me on there instead of just throwing my name in the hat? Well, that's part of what tossing the name in the hat is. Trying to give you you advice, Coach. I looked over your resume, though. It doesn't look so good. Oh, well, looks there like you we, go, coach. we got to spruce up your resume a little bit, like uh, like some college football coaches do. Actually, but, I had I had one of my boys from West Point work on my resume. It actually looks it looks pretty nice now, coach. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it all true? Put a little salt and pepper on it. It's spiced up a little bit. Uh huh. But but you know, in this day and age, people check the resumes to so make sure you're not uh, taking liberties, shall we say? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I I might have to take off the fact fact that I'm the seventh man who walked on the moon. <laughs> That's a little bit strong. You might want to tone it down a little bit. All right, but you know what we could do? We'll move on here to the baseball races. What we'll do is we'll offer to our fans out here maybe one question a day. We'll go off the sports page, and people can ask for advice from the big dog. It was kind of like the great Pobisky. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So if people want to do that, they can email their uh, life questions, their life problems, of philosophical ponderances, if you will, any advice you need from the big dog. He just gave it to Wilmot Bryan. He could give it to you, too, or be it a loved one if you want to write in on their behalf. Uh, or maybe it's someone you don't like either. You can write in on their behalf as well. Mike? That's, that's even a better idea, Coach, because I, yeah. I don't know how successful my advice is going to be. <laughs> so pass out advice to your enemies via the big dog, right? Yes. All right, Mike2Guys at AOL.com. That's our email if you want to send uh, any questions. And we'll try to do one per show. Mike. MIC number two, Mike, two guys, AOL.com. We'll get back to college football in a second, Big Dome, but there are some baseball division races going on right here in the city of Chicago. We are part of one of them. The White Sox did their job. Wow. What a weekend. Doubleheader sweep on Saturday against the Red Sox. They win Sunday and they win again yesterday. Four in a row. White Sox on fire. They've actually won seven in a row in Toto. So, um, things looking very good for the Sox, Big Dome, but unfortunately, they didn't gain much, did they? Because Minnesota kept winning. Yeah, where, where exactly do they said? Are they still three and a half back right now? Yep. Unbelievable. If you, they were four games back when this started. So, <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do if you'd have told me they would have won seven games in a row? I'd be like, oh, they should be within. You know, at that point, down four. I'm like, well, they should be within two games at the time. Well, it's still three and a half. Yeah. It, 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 a little, a little tiny bit frustrating, especially when you see. They won one game in Boston by just pitching incredible. And then the, all the other wins since have been like dramatic come from behind, gigantic hits, great relief clutch pitching that they were getting light. You know, and then you look up and you're still three and a half behind the twins. So mm-hmm. it's really, really frustrating. A.J. Persinski getting the big hit yesterday. Manny Ramirez got the hit to get on base. They eventually uh, pitch ran for him, but the White Sox pulled out Chris Sale again. I'm not going to say brilliant, but very functional out of the bullpen. His ERA, big dog, is brilliant. 12 games. 
in his major league career. Don't forget, a year ago he was pitching college baseball. He's got like a point. A year ago, th- th- earlier this spring. Fair enough. Yeah, Kids- he was drafted in June this year, Coach. Kid's got a .68 e- uh, ERA, mm-hmm. and he pitched two and a third innings yesterday and shut out the uh, Detroit Tigers. He has been a godsend, especially with all the injuries the White Sox have had in the bullpen. And he's been clutch, Coach. Uh, we, uh, who knows if he's going to continue to pitch like this the rest of his career, but right now we'll, we'll just put him in the category of he's too young and dumb to realize how important these games are. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I mean, how else can you describe it? The kid was pitching – uh, college baseball in June of this year, and uh, two months later, he's on the major league roster, and he's been nothing short of dominant. Yep. Yeah, he has been outstanding. Let's not forget the Sunday's game as well when they were down, what, four runs? Uh, uh, three going, runs, I think. All right, three runs going into the ninth inning, and they come back and win that ball game in dramatic fashion, 7-5. to five, And then, of course, going back to Saturday, you had uh, a doubleheader victory. I think Friday's game was not rained out, but... The threat of Hurricane Earl canceled Friday's game, if the uh, memory serves me correct. And looking back, they probably could have got it in, but it was, you know, when you're talking about hurricanes and, you know, in, in Northern City, mm-hmm. probably the best thing is just to cancel a game. Those those people, if it happened in Florida, they just would have stroked their shoulders and not gone because that's typically what they do. They don't go to baseball games down there. But up north, you know, you say hurricane, like you say hurricane to somebody in Boston and they would freak out. You know, as opposed to you tell somebody a snowstorm, you know, in in San Diego, and there's a billion traffic accidents. <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? So yeah. He had a, a snowstorm in the city of Chicago. After the first hour, everything calms down and is is normal. Yep. People in Chicago are used to it. Yep. You know, if you get other stuff that happens in Chicago, I mean, I guess we get all kinds of weather besides the hurricanes because you know, it just can't happen. Yeah, I've That's been it. out in California when they have they've had like a half inch, or maybe an inch of snow. And, and you are completely correct. Driving and people just like, go into full stage well, panic. Like the world is ending to those people out there. Yep, it's unbelievable. I mean, they don't know how to handle it. Oh, Californians are so calm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, throw the lights on the street. I remember uh, going out to California. I moved out there after my college years and started substitute teaching. And in uh, January, February, and March, and it was like you know maybe fifty degrees. And I was like, this is the greatest thing in the world. And during recess. All the kids would go out there wearing our version of winter jackets. You know, they were like freezing cold. Some of them got hats and gloves on. I'm like, you know, it's 50 degrees out. So it's all in comparison, Big Dog, on what you're used to and maybe more importantly what you're not used to. Absolutely, Coach. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So uh, meanwhile, Minnesota Twins, you know, you talk about the White Sox being amazing. And we here in Chicago are rooting for the White Sox. But the Twins, they are truly amazing. If you're a sports fan, you have to appreciate them at least a little bit, and maybe a lot bit. They win four in a row. They knock off Texas. And, again, they're doing all these dramatic victories and big wins with uh, somewhat of an injured team, including one of the best hitters in baseball, Justin Morneau, still not playing big dog in Minnesota, sweeps a good Texas team. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, and they, like you said, Justin Morneau is out. They've had a couple other injuries. So uh, Joe Nathan has been out all year. Joe yep. Nathan is, at worst, the fourth-best closer in the end of baseball. Whenever I hear any, because the Cubs have had years where they've had a bunch of injuries. Oh, we didn't win this year because of injuries. Major League Baseball, you got 25 major leaguers in the in the dugout, no matter what. So uh, it, the, it just proves 
it doesn't matter. Everybody gets a little in, you know, gets injured. All you got to mm-hmm. do is figure out ways to win baseball games, and the Twins have done that all season long. I think I read correct. If it's true, it's, it's amazing. Eight of their last nine games, eight of their last nine, all one-run games, and they've won. But that can't be. Yeah, I think so. Eight of their last nine, and they've won like seven of those eight. Unbelievable. I mean, I, I know they had the, the uh, weekend scores. They beat Texas 4-3 to three on Friday. Then they crushed them on Saturday, 12-4. Sunday's game was 77-6. to six. Monday's game, 5-4. to four. So their ability to win close games, something Minnesota has been uh, brilliant in all year long. That's amazing. Yeah, well, if you're a team that executes, you can catch the ball, run yep. the base as well. It, it, like, when you do the fundamentals right, you tend to win close games for some reason. It, just, it always comes down to that because... Close games always come down to, like, mm-hmm. one play or one mistake. And if you're not making that one mistake, you're going to win them. Mm-hmm. National League, a couple of the division races got a lot closer. The San Diego Padres, they won yesterday finally, but they had a 10-game losing streak, and all of a sudden, big dog, the San Francisco Giants are a game back. And guess who else has crept into contention? Our good friends from Colorado, just four back. You know, if Colorado – could ever play like this in April or May, they might drop three million a season. But normally, you know, by July, people in Colorado is like, "Oh, this team is done. They have no chance." And then next, thing you know, on September fifteenth, you're like, "They're only a game back." And at this pace, there will be about a game back in, in you know, a yeah. week from now. It's good. That's exactly what's going to happen for them. You know how we love the horse racing analogy here in sports, and that they consistently, it seems get out of the gate very slow, and they run sluggish, and then they make stretch runs, sometimes unbelievable stretch runs. You wonder if they're going to wear out. I don't know if they got enough horse to go to the finish line, but uh, again, coming down the stretch, here come the Colorado Rocky. If you mean by horse pitching, you're right. I don't know if they have enough pitching left. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they've gotten a lot lately, and they got Aaron Cook back into the rotation, so we'll see if he helps, but... Yeah, it's amazing how these these uh, races have all of a sudden turned on, and we have a couple of good ones, at least in the National League, not so much in the American League. It just seems it's, uh, you know, it's just the uh, American League Central really that matters right now. I believe, and we might be the first to report this, Colorado manager, is it Jim Tracy? I believe reportedly is saying that he will pitch Ubaldo Jimenez every game from here on in. Probably not a good idea, Coach. Yep, that's what they're going to do. Desperate times? Yeah. Call for desperate measure. He said he'll worry about next year when it happens. Uh, He'll need to worry about eating next year because he'll be fired. (laughs) National League Eastern Division got uh, a little tight. In addition, Big Dog, the Atlanta Braves losing a couple over the weekend and the Philadelphia Phillies getting hot. That lead now is a half a game. We officially have a race in the National League East. Yeah, I've been waiting for the Phillies to turn it on all year. Now, they're getting healthy. They were able to... Stay lurking and lurking, and yep. finally they got healthy, and they're getting good really, really quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing is, though, kind of like in the American League East, I'm pretty sure, unless the Rockies and, and Giants also get really hot uh, chasing the, the Padres out there, it looks like the the loser of the Ameri- the National League East will be the, okay. the National League wild card. So that's the only thing that's wrong with, uh, with the wild card is sometimes that'll happen, mm-hmm. but... You know, it's uh, hopefully all those other teams will continue to win, and we'll have a a race for a couple different slots going on to the last game. Now it looks like Cincinnati has passed and is going to end up making the playoffs over uh, yep. the St. Louis Cardinals. The so. the uh, Saint Tony Larusa era in St. Louis appears to be over. I heard a couple of 
baseball experts over the weekend saying that Tony is just it's sort of like Lou Piniella, what happened to him this year. Not that they've given up, but they've lost their edge, that extra bit of enthusiasm and sharpness that kept them amongst the best managers in baseball. And St. Tony looks tired, and so do the Cardinals. Yeah, and when you only have two guys in your lineup, I yep. mean, Pujols and Holiday, extremely good hitters, and everybody else, mm-hmm. not a very good lineup after them. So. Yep. All right, so uh, Dusty Baker and the Cincinnati Reds look like they will be in. So the uh, be at least you know out of six division races, basically we got three that will be of uh, interest. And of course, here in Chicago, we're keeping a close eye on our beloved White Sox. They play again against the uh, Tigers today. By the way, the White Sox six back now in the wild card race. Big dog. That might be too far back, but Tampa Bay slipped up a little bit over the weekend, so. You know, the wild card has at least come in uh, not very good vision, but at least it's in our sights a little bit. You never know. That could be one of the options for our Sox if they stay hot. Well, they better stay really, really hot. I, I don't think it's possible, Coach. It's, I mean, I guess it is possible, but I don't think it's realistic. Mm-hmm. They better catch the Twins at three and a half to five. Okay. News and notes over the weekend. The uh, NFL teams played uh, their final exhibition games. Nothing dramatic happened there, but we did have some interesting cuts and some releases. And uh, here in Chicago, the Bears made their final cuts, got rid of a couple of third-round picks, Julio Iglesias and uh, Jamar Gilbert. Did I get that first name right? Not neither player, Coach. Joaquin Iglesias and uh I'm surprised you forgot it, but his name is Jerron Gilbert. Jerron Gilbert. As in, like, uh, Dick Jerron. Thank you very much. Please don't bring back bad memories. They also surprisingly got rid of a guy that started for him last year, Josh Beekman, and uh, they kept Garrett Wolf. Once again, your thoughts, Big Dub? I I don't understand why they got rid of Beekman. I know he's not, like, a, a road grader house mover, but the guy was really athletic, and he was a really good guy that can pull. He can play three different positions, including backup center. Mm-hmm. I don't like them cutting him. Joaquin Iglesias is a disappointment because I really thought that kid was going to end up being a, a pretty decent receiver. Jerron Gilbert did nothing, so I really I have no problem with them them cutting him. And don't forget to cut Dan LaFever. They tried yes. to move him to the practice squad. The yep. Cincinnati Bengals swooped in, gave him a contract, and, and they lost Dan LaFever. And mm-hmm. not a good day as a Bear fan. Those were some of the best players uh that have been cut by the Bears that they've lost on cut day that I can remember in a long time. And Many of the young females, by the way, in the city of Chicago disappointed that Dan LaFever will no longer be a Chicago Bear backup quarterback. I, I did not know this, Coach. That's what I'm here for, Big Dog, too. Okay. Inform and educate and entertain. Well, at least two out of three is not bad. Uh, how about Matt Liner getting cut by the Arizona Cardinals, and apparently he has got picked up by... The Houston Texans. Thank you very much. That well, just that that just didn't work out in Arizona. Combination of coach and quarterback, uh, both pretty good. I'm a big Ken Wisenhunt fan, but uh, that relationship was going nowhere. You know, it's kind of funny that Miner's uh, numbers were dramatically better than Derek Anderson's in the in the preseason. Yeah, dramatically. I know it's not all about numbers. You know, you got to have the eye test, and you, you got to see if the guy is actually playing quarterback properly, but. That's it's strange. Liner's numbers were really good in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, the had, had made his mind up, I think, before the preseason even started. Well, and as you know, gonna... with quarterback, a lot of things go into it: leadership, attitude, work ethic, et cetera. And I think those were some of the areas maybe he was not thrilled with Matthew Liner. 
Well, that's that's really too bad, you know, especially if it's a work ethic, because his work ethic has been questioned mm-hmm. in the past. I, I don't know if that's what it is, but that, that's really too bad. You have a shot to play in the NFL, and and work ethic might be the issue that keeps you out. That's that's not good. Is it just me or the two ex-USC quarterbacks, Matt Sanchez and Matt Leinart, same first name, same hair, same playing style, they almost... Is it just me or do you get those two confused sometimes? No, I don't get either one confused. Right. They, they both have that same kind of cocky attitude a little bit that turns you off? Uh, you're, not, you're not with me here. No, I, I'm not with you. One throws are you right, one? one throws lefty, one was had uh, one, but they, they uh, look a alike. national championship and a Heisman Trophy, and, and the other one is a good quality NFL quarterback. So you think Matt Leinart's a lot better than Matt Sanchez? No, I, one is a good quality NFL quarterback, and the other one won a Heisman Trophy and a national championship. <laughs> so you think Matt Sanchez is better than Matt Leiner? Oh, in the, have, in the NFL, definitely. Have you, yeah, watched, and, have you watched Hard Knocks, though, or you get an up-close-and-personal with Matt Sanchez? And, and you don't like the kid? He seems like no, a good kid. No, a little cocky. Not, That's not funny to, you say to he's me, cocky because he seems like... He's more than willing to beat himself up too much, and they're trying to get. They're trying to turn him into a cocky quarterback. From what I've seen, there's, I do. don't know about him beating himself up. Plenty of his teammates would like to beat himself up. I think. Well, I haven't seen the third one. I've only seen the first two. So. Oh, the third one's good. You'll okay, lo- you'll have... love the shower scene. <laughs> well, uh, I was I had a job interview today, and yeah. I'll, I'll skip that in order yeah. to watch Hard Knocks Three. Okay, it doesn't involve Rex Ryan, so relax. All right. Oh, okay, then I'll go to the job interview. Big Dog, we will talk to you tomorrow. Great job. As always, college football's off and running. Life is beautiful. Life is beautiful. All right. TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10. Don't be late. Have a great day, everybody. David Olson, our producer, thank you so much. We'll see you tomorrow at 10.